This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. Romeo Hutton storms down the wings. That's right. That's right. It's Swindon Town. I couldn't resist. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, okay. It's been a stressful few days in the Pullen household. Little... Babby boy has tonsillitis, and you will, I repeat, you will hear him screaming. In fact, I think I can hear him now. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a tough one on your end. I've had a lot more chill time as I'm on holiday at the moment, but, you know, I don't like to brag. Oh, and, and no, I would brag if I was you, because, you know, but then again, if you've got tonsillitis and you refuse to take your medicine, what, what more can you do? You know, it's, it's really on you at that point. It really is. Christmas traditions and planet. Acklam, go. Um... Uh, walk during the day, salmon at lunchtime, it's lovely. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you are from a different world than me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just about, I suppose. And what's the film situation uh, for you guys at Christmas? Um, I think it varies. It depends if if anyone gets anything worth watching for Christmas, I think, certainly on the day. Okay, okay. You're keeping your cards close to your chest, that's fine. Uh, We did in the presser get some Christmas chat from Scott Lindsay, what do you want to go for first? Let's go with the football element of uh, of Christmas for Scott Lindsay. What did he say? Yeah, this was actually one of the things I was going in wondering, because obviously usually at Christmas you might have had a midweek game or 
it gets shifted around. But the fact that Boxing Day falls on a Monday and you actually have quite a long period, it it might change the training plans. And as it turns out, the players aren't going to have to come in on Christmas Day. And we heard later on that Solbrin is going home for Christmas Day, all the way up to Middlesbrough and then back again. But um, yeah, they they've got a, a slightly um, rare thing among footballers, I think, to have that day off. But they've uh, they've been putting in the work outside of that and making sure that the rest of the time they are um, they are more than prepared, even if they're not in the day before. I'm not going to judge them if the result goes against them because they weren't in on Christmas Day, are we? I wouldn't have thought so. I think they usually, if given they had a what eight nine day break, they would have had at least one extra rest day normally. So just use it as Christmas Day. It makes sense. Going all the way up to uh, to Middlesbrough and back. Ooh. I was a bit surprised when he said that. I was like, are you seriously going all the way there? Because, well, better than being in, in a flat on your own. So, you know, fair, fair enough on his part. But the most important question, Christmas dinner, what's he having? Yeah, it was uh, very much all the trimmings, I think. Turkey, pigs in blankets, stuffing, potatoes, parsnips, carrots, broccoli. Turns out cauliflower is traditional. That was good to learn. Uh, Brussels sprouts and gravy. He is... Um, and this was, I think, one of the things Johnny followed up on. He is not a um, a Yorkshire pudding man at Christmas, which is something I can very much stand behind. Yeah, I, I have Yorkshire pudding at Christmas, but, you know, if it wasn't there, I wouldn't be flipping tables. Cauliflower, always have some sort of cauliflower. I think I think we're going for broccoli and cheese as a side this year, as opposed to cauliflower and cheese. Okay. Um, that was one of the things he was also against. He didn't like the, the gravy and the cheese combination which again i can certainly see the logic behind it's beginning to become apparent that the reason they're off christmas day is that he's doing the christmas dinner isn't he oh yeah he's he's cooking up a storm in the Lindsay household kitchen uh he said he loves to cook a roast so um obviously that that's probably the reason why even if swindon were had like three days preparation in between the matches i think they wouldn't be in just because so he could cook a nice turkey well here's hoping it's a very successful experience for the Lindsay family. Let's get into the treatment room. What's the situation on the injury front ahead of the game against Walsall? I think it's fairly good news in terms of uh, the treatment room. Um, I think Andrew Hawes points out that it was quite a full room when we walked past, but uh, Ben Gladwin and Saidu Khan have been in full training, so they should both be available for well, the Walsall game. Um, there's been a lot, and people are generally coming back, but they've had the difficulty of the illness impacted Barrow a little bit, of uh, various players having to come in and out and stay away from the squad because they were uh, didn't obviously didn't want to pass it along. Good news about Gladwin and Kern, but fairly not worrying news, but not ideal in prep when when we learn there's a little bit of an illness going through the club. Yeah, when you're having to keep players away, and I think. The follow-up here was, you know, <laughs> how does that impact on them knowing the game plan and everything? But he's, he was very firm in, you know, everyone who is playing will know exactly what we're doing because they would have had the necessary preparation whatever way it came, I suppose. But Glavin and Carmon's interesting because it seems to me in the Barrow game when I was watching it back for the article I wrote about it that um, the midfield was actually working quite nicely without them. So it'd be interesting to see how those two um, get brought back into the side. Would you change it now they're back? Um, I think I'd definitely be trying to work Gladwin back in, obviously depending how fit he is, having been back in for the last the last week or so. But I don't know. I think Yandolo seemed to be very comfortable on the left. Darcy was playing well and Louis Reed probably had his best game all season. So it's it becomes a lot tougher than you might have thought. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a few fans were saying that the Barrow game was actually 
how it played out would have been ideal for Khan too. But I see what you're saying there. What do you think about the Barrow game? You know, for the for the for the time that football could be played. It was good stuff, wasn't it, from Swindon? Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game live. I was sort of stressing quite big watching the uh, third place playoff because I couldn't see what was happening. And 1-0 with uh, missing loads of chances felt incredibly ominous in terms of Swindon having conceded. But watching it back, we, we played some really good football. I liked, as I said before, the, the stuff I was seeing on the left against Wimbledon became even more prominent in this game. And it looked really exciting. Swindon creating lots of chances and it wasn't for the quite outstanding performance of Farman in goal for Barrow, then, you know, we, Swindon would have scored a, quite a couple of goals in that game. So weird, wasn't it? He gave us the goal and then tried to make amends, but the outfielders weren't doing him any favours last week, luckily. Yeah, it, was, it looked like very much an off day for Barrow. We were talking last week, weren't we, about their um, their home record. I think I said to my dad after about five minutes, well, Given that they are good at home, that run probably ends pretty soon. So maybe it'll end today. And thankfully for us, it did. Yeah, we'll be looking for runs coming to an end when we play on Boxing Day. But more of that a bit later on. One of the big talking points on the pod last week when we when we reviewed the Barrow game was the miss by Tommy Adeloy and the quite over-the-top, I would say, reaction to that, again, given the fact that we took the three points and a lot of that abuse did come after the game. It was inevitable that Scott Lindsay was going to be asked about Adeloy. One, because of how Adeloy reacted after the game. He looked so disheartened. And, of course, you want your centre-forwards to score those goals. What did he say here? Yeah, it was it was kind of saying on the social media aspect, he didn't necessarily know too much about that. He said he doesn't use it. So that isn't really something that he know, would know too much about and what people had said about Adeloy. He kind of trust, said he was trusting the more senior players in the squad if they saw anything in his character or anything that they were seeing, that maybe they could hopefully step in there. But generally speaking, he said that Adeloy's been fine, he, no different to every other week in his mentality and training. Obviously, you don't want him to miss that chance, especially how well he did to create it from that Dorzak pass. But it, it happens to strikers and... He, he was just talking about wanting to try and increase his confidence and hoping that the impact that he has made at times off the bench can result in a goal sooner rather than later. What was your take on it? Um, I mean, he's got to score. That's that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the key bit of the actual chance. I think anyone who would tag a player or message a player, any sort of abuse is just a ridiculous thing to do. I think a bit of the the reaction to it was overblown, but the reaction to the reaction was probably overblown as well in many ways because I think it is fair enough to tweet, I can't believe he's missed that kind of thing. But just obviously don't say Adeloy's this, Adeloy's that because it's just not helpful or constructive in any way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Scotland, he said a little bit more about social media. He says he's not one to look at social media it's always weird when when head coaches and managers are on there because it's always lovely, wholesome content when the going is good. I, I think I, I'm thinking of Nigel Adkins here and then he loses his job and it's just a little sad. Yeah, I think maybe Mourinho might be the exception to that because in, his Instagram is absolutely fabulous at all times because he's, he's, he's that type of guy. But yeah, it's Lindsay and I think Garner as well. They're not on it and that's not really their thing. I would be surprised if he didn't know anything about it. I think that's possibly a front, but you know, it's if it's something that he doesn't engage in, then there's certainly players like McDonald and Gladwin who'd be 
more than capable of stepping up to help Adeloy if there was anything going on there that he needed help with. Absolutely. We'll move on. Uh, Scott Lindsay was asked about Swindon starting games. What, what was said here? Yeah, I mean, it's just the kind of thing he said quite a lot. And I think Barrow might have been the second or maybe third time that we've actually done it in terms of starting quickly. That is always the approach. And obviously that's something that every team wants to score early. But you know, he's he's been big on this the whole time, certainly in, in, in what he says in terms of getting getting off to a quick start, hoping to score quickly. He said he's always believed that you can win a game within 20 minutes. Obviously not for absolutely sure, but in terms of knocking the stuffing out of the other team, if you'll pardon the Christmas-based pun. And um, then then you can go from there. But it's something that Swindon really haven't done quite that often. But playing a team like Warsaw, who haven't played since 2nd of December, 2nd or 3rd, I believe it is, you know, that quick start, especially given their form going into that, will be quite key. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Now, I can't remember the opening few minutes of the Barrow game other than the penalty. And it felt like it was sort of out of nowhere, really. I don't remember Swindon, you know, firing out the blocks significantly like they have in, in previous games over the last year or so. Remind me, was that the case? I think it was maybe not in terms of loads of chances before the penalty, but there was... I think there was a renewed intensity more so in terms of the way they carried out the rest of the game with the way that they were running after and making life difficult for Barrow. And then you get that goal and Swindon are just on top for for certainly the whole of the first half from there. Yeah, it was certainly that closing down element which was significant in the first uh, stages of the game. Uh, Scott Lindsay was asked about consistency, sweet consistency. It's not really something that exists in League Two other than apparently Leighton Orient, but... um, he was, he was talking about sort of how the training works and uh, how he thinks that by constantly doing the attacking actions like like they want to do, um, then by doing that all the time, then hopefully you're able to, um, you can actually, you can create that consistency that is quite difficult because they're so familiar with those positions and it becomes like second nature at that point. And I think one of the things he was talking about throughout was in terms of the the training and how, you know how intense and how desperately Swindon do work on their um their forward play like that to get that consistent need. And so he even at one point invited any fan who wanted to go to come along to training to watch the fact that they really do put in the work on those attacking areas, even if we aren't seeing it enough. Sounds like an invitation though to go and watch Swindon train, which is lovely. Yeah, I don't know what the necessary booking process might be, but if you rock up at Biversbrook and say, "I don't believe Scott Lindsay works on finishing," then then maybe you'll get you'll get in. Oh well, there we go. That's what you got to do, everyone. Right. Let's go and talk about Walsall. So Michael Flynn's Walsall, bit of an up and down season for them. Started bright, brightly, couple of wins, and then, well, it all went a little bit wrong for them. And then it's gone pretty well since then. As you as you mentioned there, well, they're unbeaten in eight, including two FA Cup games. Their last game though. Uh, December the 2nd. So their 2-0 win over Doncaster on December 2nd is the last time they played. And I think that's an advantage for Swindon. It's got to be, hasn't it? Their starting 11 that day uh, was Owen, then defence of White, Gordon, Daniels, Month, and Bennett in midfield, Kinsella, Knowles, Earring, and Hutchinson. And the, the, the quite prolific Johnson up front. I think he's their talisman this season, scoring 11 in 19 games, including in the last few 
other players that they have at the club, Peter Clark, we know about him. He's been around. We also have former Swindon favourite. Was he a favourite, Andy Williams? He had that sensational season, but he wasn't the most popular player even in that campaign, even though he was our top scorer. Yeah, I think Swindon had so many players at that point, didn't they? That it was tough for anyone to even who was having a good season, to be a favourite. You had to sort of be Matt Ritchie level. Do you think it's an advantage that we've been playing games and they haven't? I think it is. I think definitely you've got that um, that freshness to go because we'll sort of just be a little bit out of practice um, coming into it. And hopefully that fast start that Scott Lindsay were talking about can play can play into it more than maybe we have seen. It feels like we're playing Walsall too much at the moment. I've just looked and since December 2021, this is our fifth game against them this is the 100th league game against Walsall so it's a biggie until I heard about the 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 illness I was really confident about this game I guess it's a case of finding out how how serious that illness was but we all saw we were all making excuses for the French in the World Cup final about illness and then suddenly around about the 70th minute things went a bit crazy so uh so here's hoping uh, for similar without the outcome of the World Cup final. Yeah, I mean, if we can play as well as they did in the last uh, 10 minutes, then hopefully the illness should be fine. <laughs> OK, then. So what did Scott Lindsay say about playing Walsall on Boxing Day? Yeah, he was, he was talking about, obviously, it's a it's a Flynn team. We all we all know about them. As you say, Swindon play, play them quite a lot. We always seem to be in the same league. We now draw them in the cup every year. It's, it's too much Walsall, but uh, everyone really knows what goes on with the Flynn team. They're bottom for the league in possession, uh, which I asked about. But you know, they've he took specifically talked about their their corners and free kicks and everything. They they have quite a lot of routines for those situations. Have become quite potent in them, and that will put to the test. Windon's, I believe, pretty good defensive record at set pieces this season. They've done pretty well as far as I'm aware in those. So that will be an interesting matchup to see if they can cancel out their prowess there. They're obviously quite quite aggressive and they, they play the back three, which I know Swindon fans hate, but it seems to work for Walsall. So, yeah, it should, it should be a tough one. It should be. But again, I'm confident. It's our midway game, isn't it? It's, that, it's the halfway point of the season for us on Boxing Day. And I've just looked at the fixtures. We're actually playing them again in less than a month. I don't get how it, it, it sorts itself out, but isn't that weird? Yeah, it's. Um, I believe you used this title before, but it's complete Walter Walsall. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll bring it back every single time. So we've talked about what Scott Lindsay has to say about Walsall. There was a little bit of generic about the game about how important it is for us to perform and win. Yeah, it's, it's very important to perform every time and win. Those are those controversially Scott Lindsay's two most important things from any match. But it was the suggestion of that having that sort of slightly in, increased crowd because of it being Boxing Day and there being more people around, maybe looking for something to do. Football on Boxing Day being that, that big tradition. So is hoping to put on a show for the people that don't watch Swindon very much and hopefully pull the wool over their eyes for the fact that very rarely do they put on a show. Well, it also could be that they're waiting for somebody to turn up on Boxing Day and wave at the crowd as, as, a, as a lovely little gift. And that's our segue to moving on from Walsall because there was nothing else to talk about. The transfer market, quite interesting quotes coming out of this and elsewhere. Firstly, Scott Lindsay during the presser, what do he say about the upcoming month? Well, I think this, until it got to a certain number 32, it was fairly generic in terms of its ongoing. We're, we're always talking about what we want the squad to look like at the end of the month um, and what the loans situations are. We, we obviously found out 
um, that Middlesbrough don't seem to want to bring back Sol Brin, which is great news from their director of football's end. I think that was in the advertiser today. So that was quite good. Um, but uh, you say interesting on the sort of Jeffcott bit where he said they would like to keep them, but there was no real committal to the fact that obviously we have that option on him to buy. There was there was nothing in that department. Uh, he was talking about Brennan as well and his loan and the, the fact that he was you know, he he was coming on well. He's had a bit of a stop start time at Swindon, but Scott Lindsay likes the way that he's he's been playing recently and certainly shown what he's got on the Swindon's weakness at centre back. I think he could, his weight has been going up quite a lot of late. There was nothing on FBT, but um obviously there was there was some Austin chat, which was I think certainly the quote of the press conference. We'll shelve Austin for a bit. Let's, let's stick with the lone guys, because some of them are really quite important. I, I loved in your blog, I hope in the uh the, the, the quote in the blog is, is accurate where <laughs> Brennan's loan is going well now. Cool, <laughs> blimey. Uh, <laughs> the loaded now in that. <laughs> but it's great that it, it has turned around for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were Johnny said to me uh, probably about six weeks ago whilst we were watching him, I was like, I'm pretty sure Brennan won't be here come February. No, obviously since then, Swindon have lost all of their centre-backs and certainly for at least two weeks or so, he was the only natural centre-back in the team. I think he stepped up pretty well given that responsibility. He had the, the concussion early on, which took quite a while to, to come back from. But since then, he's been he's been really good for Swindon. He's been very, very stable in that defence and... He's, he certainly looked like the player we were hoping we were getting when he came in. Yeah, and the the quotes Johnny Leefield uses uses in in his article uh, relating to Sol Brin, the head of football at Middlesbrough, Kieran Scott, was asked about Sol Brin and a teammate called Zach Hemming, who's away uh, up in. Kilmarnock and he said the two young boys are doing well. Sol has been putting in some brilliant performances at Swindon. They are both 22 years old and showing lots of promise and have been pushing each other on. They return to us at the end of the season and we decide and we will decide the next steps with them then. There is nothing to state though that an injury a League One side that's in a good position or a decent position says we will play Sol Brin for 20, 23 games, and we would like him. There's nothing in, in these quotes that tell me it's it's set in stone, but that's nature of this sort of transfer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That's the always the way with loans, that you they're great because they give it that extra level of quality, but there's that increased uncertainty around them. And I think the most, I think the pretty much, pretty much the only scenario in which Sol Brin would go back would be to go and play in League One the second half of next season, this season. So we're pretty much just hoping that no one wants him or Middlesbrough are so pleased with how he's going here that they don't want to disrupt him too much. Let's go back to Charlie Austin talk then, because that's what everybody wants to hear and that's what everyone's blooming talking about. What did Scott Lindsay say on the Austin front? Yeah, Scott Lindsay was, he, he sort of went with the, I won't talk about specific targets and then sp- spoke about a specific target in terms of Austin. Um, not in obviously not committing to, you know, we're, we're actively looking at him, we we want him kind of thing, but he was, you know, talks about him being a legend at the club, which we all know, and the great career he's had. And then I think the quote that I tweeted out, because it was the key part, is he someone we would want to sign? Of course, if we could, then we would. So, you know, it was a, a certainly a committal on his end that Charlie Otten is a player he would want 
So somewhat contrary to the reports we were hearing before. (laughs) You know, you can deny all the other reports on the contrary. I don't know. What I did also find interesting today, Johnny Leefield with exclusive quotes uh, in the advert, which you can read the full article on their website. It was with Sandro Di Michele. And Di Michele says, ultimately, if you allow romance and emotion to get in the way of making business decisions in the long run, it probably won't work out particularly well. We have quite a clear strategy and philosophy on how we want to recruit, but we have signed older players as well. So it's not like if you're over 25 that we're not going to sign you. That isn't the case. Any deal we do for the football club, we just want to make sure that we're on the right side of it. Again, it goes in like, no, then maybe, then yes. It's so weird. I mean, this feels like, you know, all the noise that I hear is that it's either done or pretty much. And yet the two key figures are just, I think they're just, don't know what's going on, or they're rubbish at poker. Yeah, um, let's not rub in the Swindon advertisers stuff too much, eh? But um, yeah. um, (laughs) Well, you know, he's got the exclusive quotes. I I think they kind of have to be somewhat non-committal in in terms of now, because it's not a done deal. So they have to leave things vague, which I think would be the point in their favour. But, you know, they're certainly hints towards that would happen. And I don't think there's anything that anyone can necessarily disagree with from what Sandro said. Obviously, you want to be on the right side of every signing. And I think there is that there is that sort of sentimentality bit with Austin. But there's, I mean, clearly he's a level above what Swindon should be able to get. Although my note of caution is, and um, my brother was doing a, a Swindon career in which he brought Austin on to see how it would go. And I saw a very dangerous look into the future where in the Simmed games, he scored a brace on his debut, didn't score for eight games and then got injured. So, Oh, that sounds pure, pure 2022-23. So that's, that sounded like a very dangerous look into our near future. I think if I was gun to my head told how I think it would go, I'd probably go pessimistic in the hope. I don't think he's going to be like, a, he's going to score 20 and 20. I don't really know if any Swindon fan does. At the moment, we're just looking forward to that reveal and the confirmation that indeed it is happening and then after a few games we'll we'll start thinking about the realities whether we're 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 dancing around going i can't believe this is happening or we're going oh yeah those those games that i saw in the a-league ah it's the oh dear you know it's 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 got to be interesting it's been great fun the rumor mill churn on this one it feels like it's going to happen. I, it, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's it's something that usually you kind of go, don't be stupid. But given where Austin is in his career, what he says about family, it just feels like it's going to happen. But all it takes is one one club nearish, you know, commutable, and then it can all change. Yeah, one one of the two blue and white clubs in the leagues above us potentially showing a bit of interest, and then maybe it's goes out the window a little bit but certainly it it does feel like everything points towards Swindon at the moment and I know that does hopefully look like the way it's going yeah we'll see we'll see um I mean what would what would that mean to you as as a fan who was growing up at the time when Austin I missed the majority of the Austin era living in the northeast so it, it would be nice for me to see more of him in a Swindon shirt in the tail end of his career granted not in his pomp potentially but for your generation, what would Austin's return mean? I mean, for someone who was nine and then ten during his, his stint at Swindon, it's Charlie Austin is 
basically everything. I had the sort of the strained relationship in before whilst he was at Burnley with uh, with hating him for having left. But I mean, Charlie Austin is an absolute hero of of my generation, certainly. And getting Charlie Austin is it's it sort of felt unthinkable for quite a long time. And actually, being able to see him again would be just amazing, as especially as as soon as we forced George Calmeno to give up his shirt. Poor George. Justice for George. Yeah, I, I saw Austin score for Burnley at Bristol City in like the first minute. And he, <laughs> oh, the housing of poo that he did um, <laughs> to the Bristol City fans. Think, and I was thinking to myself, God, that's early. I love every bit of it. I'd love to see a bit of that at Swindon this season. Uh, the, the other person that was discussed in the press was Luke Jeffcott, as you mentioned. I don't know, man. This 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 feels like the beginning of the end. Yeah, the Austin stuff, for me, I don't see them both being around at the same time. I think they're both like big money strikers for the level. There's basically no way you could play the two of them together, especially given that Swindon look a lot better with one up top. I, I would be very surprised if Luke Jeffcott is here, if Charlie Austin is as well. Other than the forward line... You'd be really excited at the notion of Austin coming to Swindon, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I think Romeo Hutton and Ben Gladwin in particular would be thinking, this is bloody brilliant. You know, the, the kind of cr- quality of cross those two put in, with Charlie Austin being on the end of it, as opposed to the midgets we've got at the moment. You know, it'd be unbelievable to play with someone who's done what he's done. An 18-goal Premier League season technically was called up to England, although he never played. And, you know, the kind of atmosphere boost that that would give to everyone in the ground, which would hopefully help the other players at the same time. It would just be incredible for, for them. But if you're Tommy Adeloy, Luke Jeffcott and Jacob Wakeling, Wakeling a little bit less so. But yeah. those two have got to be thinking, got to ring the agent now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were knocking on Dima McKayley or Lindsay's door when the rumours started to spread, I'm sure. Shall we go to the Joe zone? Let's do it. You're going on record that cauliflower is traditional. I just like cauliflower. Sorry, Joe. I'm not sure. Is it, is it, is it not in your house? No, it's, it's from Peep Show. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, when I was looking at Walsall, the stats I looked at, they were rock bottom for possession um, average. So sometimes you've obviously struggled to actually get the goal, <coughs> even if you had the shots against those type of teams that don't care about having the ball so much. Are you, how confident are you that you will be able to break through on, on Monday? Very confident because you know I've seen I've seen areas where we can exploit them. Um, looking at kind of players on in our team more than capable of finding them weaknesses. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really confident that we can go and score some goals on Boxing Day. Yeah. What's the troubles you've had with injuries and illness with the squad? Christmas is obviously quite a difficult time for clubs. The number of games is someone like Dorzak having stepped up last week quite important now going into that tough period with a lot of games yeah I think so um, he, he did really well I thought he was a really good league debut albeit it was only 10 minutes but he, you know he he nearly had an assist with Tommy's ball through um, he was involved in the action where Ruchin had a shot on goal he added one out of our box so certain elements to his game were really good in the minutes that he was on there he ran at 135 metres per minute um, during his period on there, which no other player's done that this season in my team. He can certainly cover the ground. Uh, he can handle the football. Yeah, he's, he's part of what we're doing, definitely. Did you feel like it was a big call bringing on a teenager at that moment, with five minutes to go, one nil up? No, 
not I don't a lot of people around me thought it was but no not for me I've, I've, it's what I've done pretty much all my coaching career is is put young players on the pitch so for me no but I think for a lot of people it would be seen as a big big not risk but a big call Okay, so first question was about Walsall being bottom, as you mentioned there previously, of average possession. Are you are you content with the response? Yeah, mostly. Um, it's not nothing different than I expected. It was just see, there's that Swindon have not been the best at converting when they've played teams that don't really care about having the ball. Um, the, the shot stat is there. We are actually fairly comfortably top for shots per game, but you know. The, the goals aren't following in the same way. So Walsall being clearly very good at playing that way is is going to be a big test stylistically for Swindon. And I, I, I was I was 100% thinking he would say yes and then not not need too much else. But, you know, I, I think it was definitely something that's, that's worth contemplating. Yeah, we, we, we all know what Flynn's about through the, the Newport years where he would always find a way of beating Swindon and sometimes quite comfortably so, to be fair. And then last season, he got a bit of a rude awakening in, in that sort of Swindon, in those Swindon games because he had a good start with Walsall and then he came to Swindon, we battered them and then we battered them at the end of the season too. But it, it's going to be a completely different experience in potentially this weekend. Yeah, Walsall signed a lot of players over the summer. This is a this is a Flynn team now. The team we beat last season was kind of a team he was that was playing like he wanted to, but not with the personnel that he would want to bring in. So it's it's very different, and he's clearly put his stamp on them now, and they're looking in pretty good form. And your second question there was about Dwarzak, and I really like that because he deserves some praise. Yeah, he wasn't on the pitch for very long at Barrow. But I was really impressed even just by his first contribution, which was just getting the ball out, <laughs> just getting it out of the box. And he, he did a very good job at that. It's really, really good that they trusted him to see out that game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's played two absolutely outstanding passes in that sort of five minutes he was on the pitch, which is pretty impressive. I, I liked what Lindsay said about him having covered more ground per minute than anyone else has done at any stage of the season. That shows great application from him. And it's definitely what we want to see because he's a, He's a great. He's clearly a very good prospect at the moment, um, and bring him on when there were other midfielders on the bench. Aguiar is not much more experienced, but more experienced, probably a bit less defensive. But you know, there were other options there he could have gone to, and he, he chose Dwarzak, and that was very brave. Even though he said didn't see it the same way necessarily. No, of course he would say that though. Of course oh, yeah. he would, especially as a youth coach. Exactly. That's the end of Scott Lindsay's contribution to the presser. And then in comes our player guest. And it was Sol Brin for the first time this season. And it was a very sweeping generic chat, which you didn't ask a question either. So we can't hear his lovely voice. No, disappointingly, it's, um, I mean, think Geordie and then you'll know what it is. But yeah, it was it was nice to see Sol, the the camera side Sol, as we've been told many times this season that you know we I I think I this time I jokingly said when we were asked who do you want said Jock Sol Brin because that's kind of always the thing that we we want him and can't have him because he's not as comfortable in front of the press as some of the others so we haven't seen him but a nice Christmas present to see him it was it was lovely to get to speak to him a little bit I didn't ask a question myself because we didn't I think Johnny and I both felt we didn't really want to overload him that much given that. You know, we're given the answers that he, he was giving and how he sort of the reputation he has, but 
just a nice dip is dip of a toe into the pool in terms of press. Yeah, Andrew Hawes led the way on this one. What what did we learn about Sol Brin? He's he's a confident lad, I think is is what we learned the most. It was I think I said afterwards it was kind of a, a Dean Henderson type thing. He's maybe not as verbose, but there was when he was asked about what he wants to be doing, it was you know, I, I I think next season I'm Middlesbrough number one. I want fifteen to twenty clean sheets this season and promotion kind of stuff. You know, he's 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 foolhardy, and it's it, you can see in terms of his play that he's right to be so. But it was it was nice to hear that sort of confident side of him coming out. Yeah, and what did he say about his time at Swindon so far? He's very much enjoyed it. He's um he's, he's a, the easy tap in of League Two is better than the Scottish Championship. He's um enjoyed playing in front of the the big crowds and quite likes the abuse apparently. Uh, in a sort of Harry McCurdy type way, he, he he says he finds some of the stuff that people say to him quite funny and missed it a little bit at Barrow because um, they don't have fans behind the whole goal, um, certainly at one end. And, um, you know, he said it helps him to focus. So he's, it sounds like he's very much been enjoying it. Well, you're welcome, Sol Brim, because the first abuse he got in League Two was from Swindon fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, you're welcome. Yeah, we, we've, uh, we put him, we drove him to succeed, so... Anything that he does is actually because of what we were saying. Something that I kind of like with players like Solbrin and, and answers that he said, that there's no sort of, I, I'm looking to be here for as long as I can. You know, this is this is a business <laughs> relationship, isn't it? We're, we're here to give him games and help him develop while he his eyes are firmly on the championship and above prize. Yeah, it was, it was 100%. You know, thanks for having me, but I'm I'm on the move kind of stuff. He's you know he's talking about the the what, what he wants to get out and just sort of round out his game a bit more and improve as much as he can. And Swindon really helping him do that because we give away a lot of shots. But he's clearly proving that he's above League Two level. We'll we'll see or not if he's starting for Middlesbrough at the, on the first day of next season. But <laughs> I think he'll certainly be in League One at the very least. Um, and he's he's you know he's using it as the platform that it's supposed to be as a loan move. Any sort of sense of oh, you might not be here after January? Um, it, well, I don't think he was that necessarily. He certainly didn't commit to staying, but it was just all about progression for him. I, I feel like in terms of goalkeepers, the difference isn't too stark because it's it's not like you're playing in different styles and things. He's getting used to the physicality so we can but hope that Sol Brin will be sticking around well here's hoping okay then so the big news from our last discussion is I got the Barrow prediction absolutely spot on hooray for me uh what are you saying for the Walsall game yeah I'm gonna deviate from the the two ones because they're not working um even though we did get the win I'm gonna say one all draw but I'm going for a 2-1 win (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely coming in this time Oh, yes. An open goal for Pullen. 2-1 to the town. That'll do me. Um, Hey, I think that'll do for this episode. Hopefully this was enough for dog walks and washing up time before Boxing Day fixture. Joe, I hope you have a great Christmas. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. Muck delivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 